0: Thank you guys for having me. I felt like I had to, you know, like go back and then re-come out. Uh, but I'm excited to be with you guys again. Um, I was actually the third option. Um, Gordon, <laughs> Gordon wanted to be here so bad, he asked like seven different doctor's opinions. Um, and the first option was we put him in a big plexiglass box on stage. But we had a problem with oxygen. And so the second option was uh, we just have church outside of his house and he preaches from like his bedroom window. Um, but we didn't feel like moving locations. So a third option was call Jake. And uh, I'm super glad I'm here with you uh, this morning. I think like Boego said, uh, from Cross City Christian Church, just up Willow a little bit. And uh, and I'm just I'm happy to be here with you this uh, holiday Christmas season. Um, I love Christmas uh, there's something about it, like the magic of the Christmas season. Um, and I'm going to be honest, Christmas for me this year and my wife, uh, it started the day after Thanksgiving, uh, the Christmas tree went up. Like it was like, we went black Friday shopping and, you know, beat some old ladies over the head for some deals. And then we came home and then we set up our Christmas tree. We had Christmas music going and it's like Christmas in my house was Christmas, small break for the, uh, small break for uh, Thanksgiving. The tree went up after Halloween. Sorry. So it was like after Halloween, the day after Halloween, we started decorating and then it was Christmas and then small break for Thanksgiving. And then it was like Christmas again. So it's been just Christmas 24-7 in my house for the last few months. I love Christmas movies. Um, I have a few favorites. You know, everyone loves Christmas Vacation. I love this one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle All The Way. Like we got to watch it all the time. I'm like, It's Christmas, you know? And and there's something about it. Uh, Christmas music especially. I think we all have a Christmas playlist that we like to play, right? We got some Christmas classics on there. I can think of a few off the top of my head that are some of my absolute favorites. One of them, for sure, though, is a song written by a man named Burl Ives. And he wrote it for a Rankin and Bass film, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Any of you guys like that movie? And this song is called a holly jolly Christmas. You guys all know the song? Let's sing it together. Ready? One, two, three. Have a holly jolly Christmas. No, that's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> that was bad. Ah, you know you what? Know, just forget that, okay? You guys know how the song goes. Have a holly jolly Christmas is the best time of the year. Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Man, I just, there's something about that song that's like so magical. There's something about Christmas that's so wonderful, so filled with nostalgia, so just great. But can I be honest with you? Sometimes I feel like we're getting beat over the head to have a perfect holly jolly Christmas. I mean, is it just me? I mean, I look on social media and it's like perfect families matching flannels, taking their pictures, right? And they're posting like, we're having an amazing Christmas, you know? And you get the Christmas cards in the mail. Everyone's just like picture perfect. Everything on TV, in the movies, in the songs is always like, have a holly jolly Christmas. It's like they're, it's like they're grabbing you and shaking you and you're like, you better be happy this season. But man, there's sometimes Christmas is way less than holly jolly. Can we be honest? A year ago, a few days ago, was a year since uh, my grandma passed away, and uh, I always remember she'd give me these these gifts. You guys were just talking about gifts for Christmas, right? Best gifts. She never once got me a best gift for Christmas. <laughs> a gift for Christmas. She got me weird gifts. Uh, okay, one of them one year was she got me this three foot tall um, like clown. It was a, it was a clown, a literal clown. It was weird. But, you know, they didn't want to disappoint Grandma, so we had to put it out when Grandma came over. So it was like the, the clown's in the closet. Grandma comes over. we got to take out the clown. So she's like, oh, you love my clown. You know, I'm like, but please don't give me any more clowns, Grandma. And, and she, that, she always did gifts like that. They were just weird gifts that no one asked for. But there was, there's something about it I was thinking this year, man, I'm going to miss that. Oh, man, I wish I could just get one more weird gift from Grandma this year. And, you know, it's, it's hard in those times to have a jolly Christmas. It's hard when, when, when everything seems less than holly jolly to have a holly jolly Christmas. And, you know, I, I think that really if we're, if we're honest, Christmas can look like trauma. Christmas can look like dysfunction. I mean, have any of you navigated the, 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 the Christmas in a, in a family of divorce? I mean, maybe you're a husband or a wife and, and and you got to navigate uh, your kids going to a different place on, on Christmas Day, but they're with you Christmas Eve. Or maybe you had to navigate your, your parents and, and, and just a, a terrible childhood growing up and Christmas wasn't that magical for you when you were little. I mean, if we're honest, Christmas looks anything but holly jolly. And I think during Christmas we especially like to romanticize uh, the manger scene and Jesus' birth, right? You guys see those mangers out there? I and mean, it, it looks so picture perfect, like, like Mary just vacuumed the manger, and she like folded the hay up all nice and neat, and she just had a baby, yet she looked like she lost all the baby weight, and, and Jesus is just so happy in his little manger, and the wise men are just pouring gold at their feet, and you're like, man, he's set up for life, and we romanticize the manger, but really, I think that first Christmas was probably anything but holly jolly, I think in the reality of it, we've commercialized and we've romanticized this idea of Christmas and we put all this pressure on ourselves to have that ideal, perfect Christmas every year. But if we look at that first Christmas, I think we can see that it's anything but holly jolly. I think Christmas for Mary and, and Joseph and the newborn baby Jesus look like dysfunction, stress, difficulty, and adversity. But I think somehow through it all, they found joy. How? How? Let's look. The story of Mary and Joseph. And Jesus' birth is actually laid out for us in the Gospel of Matthew, but also the Gospel of Luke. And uh, it's laid out in these two Gospels. And, and in Matthew, kind of focuses a little more on the story of Joseph. And in Luke, it focuses a little more on the story of, of, uh, of Mary. And if you have these both pulled up, you could kind of flip back and forth in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. But if we combine them, we see like this whole story of Christmas. And in in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, it says that uh, Mary was betrothed to Mary Joseph. She was betrothed. She was pledged. In other words, uh, Mary and Joseph were engaged. And in the Gospel of Luke, it recounts that the Mary is visited uh, by an angel, the angel Gabriel. And he's letting her know that she, even though she's a virgin, would become pregnant and bear a son named Jesus. And man, you have to imagine Joseph's shock when he finds out that his fiance is pregnant and he knows for a fact that he's not the dad. And Mary's baby bump starts showing and you can imagine that the town is gossiping, right? I'm like, there's some words being said around town. And I think Mary's caught between the shock of this immaculate conception and what the angel had told her and then the hurt and the slander that she was probably enduring through all this gossip. Like, man, did you hear? Mary's pregnant and the baby's not Joseph's. And I was like, hey, who do you think it was? I think it was, I think it was John. That guy's shady. You know, it's like, man, you can just imagine, I wonder who she cheated on and with. And then I can't imagine the conversation that during all of that, the conversation that Joseph has with Mary. And he comes up to her and, and honestly, Joseph probably, the, 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 the kind of description we get of Joseph is he's probably an honest guy. And he just wanted to have a heart to heart with Mary. And he's just, Mary, Why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to our family? And he's probably looking her in the eye, just wanting an honest answer. And so Mary looks at him, and she tells him the truth, and she says, I was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's just looking at her dead in the eyes, and he's like, wow. You cheated on me, and you're crazy. And so Joseph's like, man, i got to get out of this situation. And it says that he uh, went to divorce her quietly. In verse 19, we see that in his character, a divorce. But a divorce is weird because they were engaged, but it was a different, it was a whole different process during that time. There's two steps to the engagement, and then you were married. And they were in step number two. Step number one was that their parents uh, probably set them up together. And then step number two of the engagement is actually there was like this legal process with witnesses, and they were like legally engaged. And the only way to break that process before their marriage was to go through a legal divorce. And so Joseph, he didn't want to cause any more of a scene than there already was, right? He, he, he didn't want to uh, just cause any more problems than there's always gonna, already going to be. And so he was going to do it quietly. And then in verse 20 through 22 of Matthew, Joseph has a dream. And this dream confirms him everything that Mary had told him before. And so if the relational stress of an unfaithful fiance wasn't enough, now Joseph's dealing with the realization that she wasn't unfaithful, that he was going to marry her. He was going to have the son that wasn't his, but that son he was going to raise, and that son was the literal son of God. Can you imagine the pressure on Joseph? And then look back to Mary in the center of it. And she's wrestling with a new reality in a whole new set of identities. Not just the identity that, that God was giving her as the, the mother of Jesus, but she's wrestling with the identity that everyone around her is going to give her as a cheater or as a liar or as a crazy person. Man, Mary's just wrestling with it in the center of there. And in and, and, and all this turmoil, in all this, this crazy life change, man, it's got to be the exact opposite. Of what Burl Ives would call a holly jolly Christmas. Okay? Now, now take into account that Mary and Joseph were Jewish. Living in in a place, in a country that was under Roman rule. And the Romans, they had this pantheon of gods. And so you've got deferring religious beliefs and practices. And at some point in all of this, the Roman government decides they want to do a census. And instead of just doing a census in your little town, they make them travel back to Joseph's hometown in Bethlehem. So the Bible says that Mary was in her third trimester of pregnancy. I mean, she's, she's eight, nine months. She's almost there. And she has to make a journey, which scholars believe would take a week and she has to travel. She's probably on a donkey most of the time because you know if you're nine months pregnant, you're not doing a whole lot of walking. And maybe Joseph's been walking alongside her, and they've got to have food and water and shelter for a week. they got to keep warm. <laughs> and then you, you, you worry about protecting your pregnant wife on this journey. you got to watch out for thieves and robbers and straight-up weirdos. And, and you're making this long journey, and I'm sure that, that they're having a difficult time in the middle of all of this. I mean, you you think that was a holly jolly time? (laughs) Do you want to be traveling for a week on a donkey during Christmas? Not me. And now you're imagine you're Mary and Joseph finally pulling into town after a week of this journey. You just need a place to stay. But the whole town's packed. Everyone's coming in for this census. Everyone's in town. There's, there's no place to stay for them. And so they have to, they have to find this makeshift uh, uh, place that would just usually hold animals. And you, and you can imagine they're pulling in there. And Mary's not happy, dude. She's not talking to Joseph. Joseph's like, you okay? And she's just... Mm giving him the silent treatment. You've been there, boys. She's like, why didn't you make reservations ahead of time? He's like, I didn't know, babe. And so then he's, you, you imagine he's like su- just sweeping out where these animals and the, this little goats are like, Aah. and he's like, shoo, 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 get out of here. And he's just sweeping out all the nasty stuff, trying to make a little place. And Mary's just right about to sit down. And there's a whole lot of water where there didn't used to be a whole lot of water. And right then and there, Mary starts giving birth to baby Jesus, and the contraction starts, and they're kind of in a panic, and, and it, it, they, they try to make this makeshift bed out of, a, out of what would be a trough that some animal was just eating out of, and they scoop their hay out, and all the nasty, it's completely unsanitary, but they have nowhere else to lay this newborn baby, and they wrap him in some claws, and they set him there in this manger. And in the middle of, of, of all of this, they're looking in the face of a newborn baby boy in a little manger that shouldn't be for people, yet here they are. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it'll be on the screen as we read this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Great joy. <laughs> like, great joy. What was joyful about any of that? What was joyful about the things Mary and Joseph had to go through? What, what's joyful about not having a place to, to stay, giving birth to your baby in a major What's joyful about all those people just, just slandering their name or, or the, the hard relational things they had to go through with friends and family and they're going through their new reality? What's joyful about this? Your whole world's getting turned upside down. Like, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Mary and Joseph found joy in the fact that God was faithful, even in the challenging not-so-holly-jolly of the times of the year. They found joy that God was not deterred by the difficulty in their lives to fulfill the promise they had made, he had made for their lives. And ultimately this, they found joy in this. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. See, really, I think the pressure has been with us since a holly jolly Christmas has been released by Burl Ives in 1964. And and here we are over half a century later uh, trying to squeeze the jolly out of this holiday any chance that we can get. I mean, we have constant reminders coming in the mail every day how picture perfect other families look. We got influencers on, and, on Instagram and TikTok and, and vloggers constantly posting their amazing vacations. And families look like they have it all together. And here we are living lives that may be less than idealized. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay during Christmas time. It's okay to not have the most wonderful time of the year. It's okay to not be so holly jolly. It's okay to feel a little broken. It's okay to feel a little despair. It's okay to be hurting. It's okay to not be okay. And regardless of your circumstances and the circumstances of the season, uh, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Regardless of anything that's going on, here's what I want you to do. Strip away the expectations. Strip away the expectations to be a perfect son or daughter or to be a perfect parent or to get that perfect designer gift. Strip away the expectations to to always have the hot cocoa and to go seeing all the Christmas lights and, and to not have any fights and to everything to be perfect. Strip away the expectations. Strip away the pressures. Look past the hardships. Look past the busyness. Look past the full calendar. Look past the dysfunctions and the distractions. And recognize this. Recognize that you can have joy this season. Why? Why? Because joy is more than emotion. Joy is more than an emotion. It's more than a song. Joy is more than a feeling under right Circumstances. Here's what joy is joy is a gift you have been given. Joy is a gift that you already have been given. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I think Christmas for me as a kid, uh, all about the presence, right? Everything's all about the presence when you're a kid. Uh, some of my top presents of all time, uh, one year I got an Indiana Jones hat. And for the rest of that year, I was Indiana Jones every day. I had my hat on, and my dad would be like, "Does he have to wear that to Costco?" And my mom's like, "Just let him." And I, I was—that was one of my favorite gifts. Um, another one was like I, when I got my first uh, Nintendo um, DS. You know, it had two screens on it, the little touchscreen on it. That was a great year. I just loved getting Christmas presents. I really did. And I know you guys probably did too. And you think back to your fondest Christmas gifts. I have some good news. I have some good news. Christmas is still all about the gifts. Christmas is still all about the gifts. Specifically, the gift that we have been given through Jesus. Christmas is still all about the gift that we have been given through Jesus. That that he would become the savior of the world. The Messiah. That, That Jesus... The son of God would be humble enough to be born in a manger. That he wasn't born in a king's palace. That he wasn't born in some fancy mansion. That he wasn't born into a family with matching flannels. But Jesus was born and humbled himself. And he was born in a little manger in a little town of Bethlehem. Man, we can be joyful. Why? Because we have a savior who understands. We have a Savior who understands our hurts. He understands our pains. He understands the feeling of uncertainty. Not because he sits high up on some cloud in the sky, but because he's been through what we've been through. We we have a Savior and we serve a God who not just sympathizes or empathizes with what we're going through, but he's experienced what it means to be human. In in the deepest sense of the word, he, he, he not just knows his creation, but he subjected himself to become creation. And there's, this is dual nature to the being of Jesus. That he's both fully man and fully God. And if he's fully man and fully God, that means that Jesus has fully experienced the emotions of humanity and there's no disconnection in Jesus. It's not like he's up there holly jolly Christmas and you're down here and he just expects you to be perfect all the time and holly jolly all the time. No, Jesus knows what it means. Everything about him is fully connected. He doesn't just know humankind, he became humankind. And man, if you think the life of Jesus was was perfect after that manger, and after that manger, it's holly jolly. He grew up to to be at the penthouse suite of, of of the greatest building in the world. You're wrong. Jesus experienced hardship. He experienced family pressures. He experienced loss. He experienced work stress. I mean, he was a carpenter. If he didn't build a table by like 12 noon Thursday and then sold it, he didn't have food on his table. He lived 30 years before he started his ministry, making a living, knowing what it means to be a human like you and I. I mean, there's, he, he understands. He, he gets it. And He did all of this, and he lived a perfect, righteous life. And then he did all of this, and then he died for our sins. He did all of this, and, and, and even, even when even when sometimes we weren't worth it Jesus did all of it and that can bring us real joy this season regardless of the circumstances knowing that you and I have a gift we don't deserve through Jesus can I get an amen here first peter chapter 1 verse 8 through 9 says this as I'm wrapping up it says though you have not seen him you love him And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with what? Inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are what? Receiving. You are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. My my friends, joy is a gift you've been given. It doesn't have to be all perfect. It's okay to not be okay. You can be joyful because joy is a gift you've already received through Jesus. An inexpressible, glorious joy. And if, if you receive that gift today, that's how you have a holly jolly Christmas. And it's not about what you're giving. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about what traditions you have. It's solely based on the gift of Jesus this season. Have a holly, jolly Christmas, the best time of the year. Why? Because you and I have an inexpressible joy through Jesus. Let's pray this morning. God, we just come to you today, Lord. We're just so thankful for who you are. God, and what you did. Lord, not just on that cross, but what you did by by coming here. God, and knowing what it means to be human. God, that you understand all the hurt and the pain and the suffering. God, that you've been through it all. Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for the gift that you are and what you did on that cross so we can have everlasting, eternal life in you, Jesus, solely because of the gift. Lord, this season, I pray that we can remember and focus on you, that we can take away all the expectations and the pressures, but we can lean into who you are and find real joy this season. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.